this year marks 250 years of circus in the UK. For Paul Carpenter, or should I say Mr Popple, that is a big deal. He is one half of the Popolinos, a comedy clown duo that has been going strong for 16 years, along with Chris Freer, otherwise known as Keiko. The two serve as managers of Circus Wonderland, but every night, for every show, they transform into their clown alter egos to entertain and bring joy to the crowd. While there may be a variety of entertainment on offer at a circus, it never really feels complete without clowns. But what do we make of clowns? For some people, they can seem nightmarish rather than enjoyable, although you probably have films like It to thank for that. So how do you find yourself living a life where you transform into a clown on a regular basis? Are they as scary as people think? And what is life like as part of a travelling circus? On this episode, Mr Popple explains all of this and more, as well as their own little service called Clownseling, designed for those who might not have gotten over their fear of clowns. Brought to you by Essex Live, this is Humans of Chelmsford, and this is Paul Carpenter's story. Paul, it's a very warm welcome to the podcast and we can't let it be said that we don't cover a diverse range of topics on this show because today we are quite literally clowning around. Oh, well done. (laughs) I I apologise for that. And I say that because, as I mentioned in the intro, you are a clown, Mr. Popple, uh, and you are one half of the Popolinos, along with Chris Freer, better known as K-Cole. As K-Cole, yes. So... The two of you have been working together as a duo for, I think, 16 years, you said before? That's right, yes. How does that all come about in the first place? I always loved the circus, but when I was young, I thought it was something you really had to be born into. I didn't, because I'm not from a circus family, and nor is K. Cole, but like me, he really loved it from an early age. Um, My father took me to see a circus once when I was four years old as a surprise, and it just completely mesmerized me Uh, I got home I turned my toy farmyard into a toy circus I started collecting clowns and posters and yeah it was like a changing moment in my life I guess but I didn't really think then I don't think anyone thought then what would become but uh, yeah so I always loved the circus but I was also into performing arts and theatre and went to youth theatre and all of that did a degree in uh, in drama and then what happened was i saw an advert in the stage newspaper for young people wanted to train as clowns and I thought well that'll be fun it's a sort of a a gap year a lot of my friends were going off backpacking as they do and I thought I'll join the circus for a few months and uh, so that's how it all started I worked for a small family circus Um, there were four of us taken on because they had a their son and the family had a, a fire engine and he needed people to work the act with him so basically we were firemen we came in with this mini fire engine with the ladders and the buckets of water and lots of mess and yeah that's how it all started um then after that I moved into theater doing comedy magic musicals but always loved the circus 
and kept in touch with some of the friends I'd made in the circus from that experience. And then I met Chris, who was working in another show as K. Cole. And, uh, yeah, I used to go and visit the circus where he was, and everyone used to say, oh, you two would make a great double act. Um, and, yeah, it went from there, really. Um, the thing was, uh, K. Cole is really the funny clown. I'm a clown, but I'm not funny. I'm the serious clown. I'm the white-faced clown, which means I'm a very traditional figure with the, the white makeup, the white pointed hat, and the very elaborate sparkling costumes. I'm very glamorous. And basically, I'm the straight man to K. Cole's messing about. I tell him off. He upsets me, um, takes the mickey out of me, and that's where the comedy comes from. I'm really the straight man to him. Uh, but when we first started, I wanted to be the funny one because that's what I'd always done in pantomime. I'd be wishy-washy or buttons. You know, I didn't want to be like the one that all the kids hated because I do get booed when I'm horrible to K. Cole um, but yeah it, it's over time it's it's become very successful and now I've learned that it's better to be booed than have no reaction at all <laughs> any type of reaction is a good reaction bring on the hate I don't mind now <laughs> so when, you, when you first saw that advert that to be, to be a clown what was it about a clown that sort of appealed to you and have you have you always had that sort of love affair with the circus and that those acts, those traditional acts? Well, that's it. I'm always sort of fascinated by the circus, just the magic of it, the way an empty field is transformed overnight. With you know, it appears in the night out of nowhere. The the, the tents, the lorries, the caravans. In, and back in when I was a child, the animals were a big part of it as well. It was so exotic, you know, with the elephants and everything else. And then a few days later, it's disappeared again. And it's just an empty patch of ground, maybe a, a ring of sawdust on the floor. And that's all that's left. And I that always fascinated me, the magic of it. And uh, yeah, so when I saw the advert to join the circus, I just thought, I'm going to go for it and really live my dream. Um, so yeah, it was more... The dream wasn't to be a clown as such. It was just to experience the whole circus lifestyle, I think, you know. Yeah. And you, you mentioned right at the start that you didn't really come from a, a performing family mm, background, right. if you like. So where, where does that passion originally come from? Is it being inspired by other things that you've seen and you think, I, I want to, to taste what that life is like? It's um, a good question. I mean, my father was a bank manager um, so there's nothing really in my family of, of an entertainment, you know, in the family. But I just, I guess my parents were great because when we were young, they used to take my sister and I to shows all the time, to circus, theatre, concerts. We were all, you know, and I, as I say, I was doing my drama classes. My sister was at ballet. And, you know, we were always brought up to, like kids today are sat in front of PlayStations hours and hours, whereas back in the day and making myself sound so old but we were we were you know we loved to go and experience live entertainment we would play for hours in the garden with our friends building camps and castles and you know we even did a circus in the garden we made a tent with blankets hanging off the washing line and you know with playing with all the kids in the street and I think today kids don't really experience that because I guess you're too scared to let your kids out on the street these days which is very sad and I know from my nephews and nieces they sit all day playing their games they're online talking to their friends on headsets playing these games which is great but you see it when people come to the circus the kids don't know how to behave in that environment now they sit there 
they don't know how to join in always or they sit there with their iPads watching the show through the screen because they're filming it. Sometimes you just see a row of screens looking at you, you know, so they're not necessarily clapping and it takes a lot more effort to get them joining in because they're not trained to do that. They're not used to it. It's a television audience. Did, did you have a very creative imagination then when you were younger? You might not have needed all that iPad sort of, <laughs> sort of pieces because it just comes from your head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was always, um, like I say, drawing, painting, making things. Um, I used to write plays with my, with my friends and perform them at school. I had a model theatre. We used to like little plays in the theatre with all the little figures. We were always doing stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I guess it was, I had something in me <laughs> trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that maybe being lost a little bit then with with the arrival of your computer games and your iPads and things like that that? kids maybe aren't being subjected to that as much as you say were when you were growing up I would definitely think so and I'm sure a lot of kids out there are still creative but I think it's an easy option now for parents isn't it to just entertain the kids by putting the iPad on or you know DVDs it's play sit in front of your PlayStation I've got things to do it's it's a very easy option isn't it if you want a quiet life and you're busy as a parent but I, I think kids should be encouraged to experience live entertainment uh, you know, with the circus especially, you never know what's going to happen next, which is why I think it is so exciting. You know, a film is a film, a theatre where you see a play, it's done to a script. With the circus, it's that element of danger. It's, you know, when the, some of the acts are dangerous, the trapeze and all the different, you know, will he make it? Will he be all right? And very rarely it happens, but accidents can happen. There's that potential of danger. And it's also that amazing human achievement. And then you get the, the comedy, you know, and it's you just don't know it's always something different that's why the circus works the family can go and see the show the kids might like the clowns the dad might like the beautiful young lady up high on the trapeze the mum might like the hunky male acrobat working without his top on but there there is something for everyone everyone has their own favorite element and i think that is the joy of the circus exactly and the popolinos you touched earlier a little bit on what the what the act entails are you call the serious one and and Chris K. Cole is the, the funny one or the mischievous one, yep. if you like. What kind of reactions are you trying to gauge from your audience that makes it such a success? Well, I think the success of the Popolinos is because of K. Cole's character. He is like a big mischievous kid. He's very naughty. He's very cheeky, especially to me. And I think that's where the humour comes because the kid's love that because they would love to be cheeky like that to their teacher or their uncle or their father but they probably wouldn't quite dare to do it but Keiko just does it anyway he you know he upsets me takes the mick out of me um there's always lots of mess and mayhem and sometimes we do get them the children coming in that are a little bit scared of clowns um, or maybe just scared of the whole environment of going into the tent because it's quite dark with all the lights and the music but when they get to know Keiko's character, by the end they want to meet him, have a photo, and they, they're completely on Team Keiko. Um, they, they are a little bit more wary of me because I tell him off and I'm the authority figure, but they also, they like to laugh at me and, you know, they're, they're, they're quite fond of me, I think, in their own way as well. I, I do have some fans. But <laughs> <laughs> the ones but, who like the authority. Exactly. But, you know, you know they, they like having their photos with us and everything else. But, yeah, it's um, a lot of circuses now, the clowns 
aren't really clowns. By, I know that's a funny thing to say, but there has been a lot in the media about clowns being scary and the whole thing of clown. It's called chorophobia, the fear of clowns, and it does seem to be on the increase, not helped by movies such as It. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was that craze of people wearing rubber clown masks and jumping out on people in the street when it was near Halloween, and it got a lot of attention in the media, and we were actually getting people phoning up the circus saying oh have you got any scary clowns and of course we're not going to try and scare people but we've been very conscious of that and it's something we do hear a lot with people walking in the tent oh I don't like clowns I'm scared of clowns but then I kind of think well why have you come to a circus (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of circuses now the clowns they have very minimal makeup they're more like an eccentric comedian than a clown as such you know they wear sort of maybe a dark suit and not much just a little touch of red on their nose and they their their routines really rely on pulling people out of the audience and making them do little sketches and the comedy comes more from making the people look silly than from the actual clown himself whereas we firmly believe still that the children and the families that come to Circus Wonderland, they expect the clowns to be clowns, cartoon characters, the clowns that you still see in the children's picture books. They expect a a cartoon come to life with lots of mess and mayhem and things flying around. And I think the circus needs true circus clowns, colourful, larger-than-life characters, and that's what we're determined to do. But I wouldn't say it's a dying tradition, but it's a tradition that we're really trying to keep alive. I was going to say, is that clown phobia, if you like, does that ever cause a problem for you? Because you mentioned It, for example. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, it's probably Ashes to Ashes, if you ever saw that TV show, which was the sequel to Life on Mars. And there was a a scary clown in that as well who kept popping up behind things. Um, But I know you do things like Clownsling, which is very aptly named. Does that ever cause a problem for you in your profession, that you need to change these people's perceptions back to what the idea of a clown originally was? Well, the upsetting thing is it's become a cliche now that clowns are scary. And if you mention to someone what you do, I'm a clown. Oh, I'm scared of clowns. Well, I'm, well, are you really or are you just saying that? And we get a lot of like the teenagers come in and the girls start screaming, oh, but they're doing it for effect. Look at me. I'm, you know, it's just to make a scene. But we have met people who are properly scared. We had a lady that was shaking, crying, didn't want to go in the tent. She had people around her saying, come on, you've got to get over this, walking her in. And to me, that is someone with a proper clown phobia, not just someone saying it for effect. Um, But the thing is, as well, children are so susceptible when they hear their parents saying, oh, I don't like clowns, clowns are scary, that immediately puts it in their head. A child won't be scared of a spider until it sees someone else going, oh, I don't like spiders, you know, and that creates it in their mind. Um, A few weeks ago, we had a man come to the ticket office window. The show hadn't even started and he wanted a refund. And I said, you know, is there a problem? He said, yes, my little girl won't go in. She's in tears. She I can't get her to go in the tent. Can I have my money back? And I said, well, you can, but can I ask what is the problem? Her mum's told her that clowns are scary. And that was enough. She didn't even want to go in. And I think that is really sad, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we're only trying to entertain people. You know, we're not setting out to scare people. Um, it's, you know, a very old tradition, especially with myself as the white-faced clown. I'm now the only white-faced 
clown in the UK, whereas at one time the white-faced clown was a traditional figure you'd see in all the major circuses. Mm. Um, you'd have a ringmaster, but you'd also have the white-faced clown as that authority figure. In Circus Wonderland, I combine both roles. I am the compare of the show within my clown character, and that gives the opportunity for Keiko to come in and out all the time, upstaging me and interrupting me, but I'm trying. I'm there as the compare, trying to keep the show running smoothly, so that brings lots of opportunity for him to come in and where our comedy starts but yeah at one time you know all the circuses in the heyday of circus in the 40s 50s 60s they would always be a white-faced clown and we do get the older generations coming in like the grandparents and they say to me it's so nice to see the white-faced clown you look so elegant we love your costumes and they tell me that they remember seeing it when they were young going to see billy smart circus or bertram mill circus at olympia and they say oh i haven't seen it for so long and they really appreciate that but the other side to that is the children don't understand my character and sometimes they'll say oh why are you wearing because I wear the traditional white heeled shoes why are you wearing lady shoes why are you wearing that costume they think because it's I wear the all-in-one costumes with the big shoulders and the sticking out pockets where it goes down to the legs and they'll say oh why are you wearing a dress and I say well it's not a dress it's a traditional clown sack is what it's known as and sack is just s-a-c it's spelled sack the french way and that they don't know that and I have to explain it to them whereas if I worked in a circus in Italy or France or Germany that's still a lot more widely known and I probably get a round of applause just for walking into the ring and they know straight away who I am but here in the UK I have to work a lot harder to establish myself and my character but uh, you know it's all part of it and in the towns like Billericay where we visit every year people do understand that if you are the last one in the UK, then, is, what's the reason behind the, the, the disappearance of that character? I think in circus, trends go round, fashions go round. Um, it, you see it not just with clowning, but with all the acts at the moment. Motorbike acts are very popular. All the big circuses have got motorbikes. Um, at a few years' time, that will probably disappear. It'll be something else. And with the clowning, this craze started uh, probably in the early 90s um, a clown called David Larible started it with coming in the ring he doesn't speak he's silent but he just brings people out of the audience they enact maybe an orchestra or a movie with them doing the different characters there's lots of variations and then everyone started copying and it became a craze and it's it's just like the current trend is that is what the clowns are all doing because they all copy each other I think also um, whereas you used to have the big musical clown acts with the white face clown and two or three comedy clowns um, these acts were expensive it's you know whereas a clown working alone is cheaper for management to book rather than a troop of clowns that's partly it and also i think the 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 clown phobia side of it you know circus directors are thinking people are becoming scared of clowns let's steer away from that or just have a clown with minimal makeup you know and i think that it's all those things you know yeah they all combine and they all end up with this end result absolutely with you and chris what is it about the two of you in that act that just clicks why does it work so well between the two of you (laughs) well people say to us they ask you know what does it take to be a clown and we've had reporters down can I be a clown for the day it's a great piece for the paper 
but you you can put a red nose and a wig on someone, but they can look completely awkward and like a fish out of water. It's more than just a red nose and a big pair of boots. It's all to do with your character. And I think for Chris and myself, our success lies in the fact that we are ourselves in the ring. Okay, it's a magnified version of ourselves, but if you could see us in real life, you'll understand that I am a control freak. <laughs> I like everything to be perfect. I'm very highly organized. I like everything to run smoothly. Chris is not like that. He is a practical joker. He loves playing tricks on people. He gets bored. He likes things to be different. And he loves winding me up. And so basically, yes, we just magnify it in the ring. Um, It's things like when we work out our routines at the start of the year, I like everything to be scripted. I like to know exactly what's going to happen. He hates to rehearse. He's like, yes, it'll happen on the night. Just see what happens. Go with it. And which is fine, I you know, a lot of good comedy comes out of improvising and something might work as an accident one night and then we'll think, oh, we'll keep that in. But I do like it to be keeping to the script, I have to admit. And he gets very wound up by that and I get very wound up with him by going off the script sometimes. <laughs> is that where most of the ideas then for the act come, just by you living your lives? outside of the ring and then you take that inside Uh, yeah i mean it's challenging because because a lot of the established clowns in europe will do maybe one or two routines but they keep going to different circuses so they'll only ever do the same couple of routines throughout their whole career but because we are based at circus wonderland and we do a lot of the same towns every year we can't just do the same stuff we have to change so that is challenging every year thinking what can we do this year um yeah we can recycle routines after a gap of three four five years we think we might bring that back but put a different spin on it um it always it's essentially yes me being i have some idea or plan and k cole upsets it this year um a large box arrives and it's um, a collection of antique plates that I've um, acquired and uh, of course I say to Keiko keep away from the plates they are very expensive they are very fragile you keep away from them and of course by the end of the routine there is not a plate left because they've all been shattered you know and it's it'll be something similar next year don't do that Keiko and he will do it you know um The funny thing about the plate routine is it's one of our favourite routines. We haven't done it for quite a few years because we've had trouble sourcing the plates. Uh, We used to go to the the potteries in uh, in Stoke-on-Trent and ask for the reject plates because it had to be the, they call them biscuit plates, the ones that haven't been glazed, so that when you break them, you don't have all the sharp bits and they break a lot easier. So we used to go with a truck and fill it up with all the reject biscuit plates they didn't want. Well, they've stopped all that now because of health and safety because people used to get them for uh, plate smashing in Greek restaurants and school fates used to have them, you know, when you put the plates on the shelf and throw balls at them to knock them off and all that kind of thing. Well, um, there must have been an accident somewhere or other because they've stopped it all. So for years, the last sort of three or four years, I've been trying to find a place to get plates made. I've looked into making them, um, companies that supply ceramic plates for pottery painting but when you're talking a pound a plate and you want to break 20 plates every show it's just not feasible for us you know so it's been on a back burner 
But this year, we have finally cracked it. We are making the plates ourselves, or rather Kegel is. We've got some moulds. So on a day off, he's in his lorry making plates all day. He's got 10 moulds, so he can make 10 plates at a time. They take about half an hour, and then they're dry enough to take out of the moulds. We have draining racks everywhere in the tent, in the lorry, in the caravan, with plates drying in draining racks. And he can churn out maybe 100 in a day. So, yeah, so... All the spare moments are spent making plates just to go and smash in the ring. So it is kind of crazy, but we do love the routine, so it's worth it. But the funny thing is, on a plate-making day, you wouldn't believe the mess it makes. It's all over Kegel, all over the floor of the lorry, everywhere he goes, because it's the sort of the white powder. He'll go in the caravan and open the door, so it's on the door, it's on the table. He leaves a trail of it everywhere. So then I'm screaming at him, Kegel, look at the mess you're making! And it is just like our act in real life, because he just makes such a mess making the plates. But, it, you know, it's quite funny, but it is, it is definitely worth it. Yeah. But I think people have no idea as well when they watch the show. They probably think it's quite funny, but they don't stop to think, where did those plates come from? They've got no idea of the hours of preparation. <laughs> that have gone into that moment, yes. exactly. <laughs> it sounds very chaotic, that, that preparation-wise. And I suppose you often hear the cliche, oh, run away to the circus, and that circus lifestyle. Is that in itself a chaotic frantic world to live in as well it can be definitely um we always say it's a lifestyle not a job uh you have to do it for the love of it more than the money (laughs) um but yeah it it's it's relentless you're on the road well we we start at the beginning of february we rehearse and get the show open ready for the school half term in february we're then on the road moving usually every week or two weeks um so we'll have shows all week finish on a sunday everyone helps with packing it all down the seats the lights the tent all back in the trucks we hit the road we're traveling we arrive late at night at the next venue monday morning they're up early they're setting it all up again everyone has to help and then we're open again until the following sunday then it all starts again so yeah it's you're even on a day off, you're doing something, you're building the tent up or they're all out leafleting, doing publicity. The the performers in the show are also making candy floss, helping in the ticket office. Everyone has 10 different jobs. That's the only way it can work. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's, it's nonstop. And, you know, it's great in the summer where... You're, you know it's like camping you're everyone sat outside the caravans we have barbecues together and it's like a sort of a family atmosphere it's not so much fun at the beginning and the end of the year when like the you know you have all the weather like this year we started in february we had freezing cold weather all the water pipes were frozen inside the caravans then we had snow we were trying to open and it was just thick snow and we couldn't get the tent warm enough and we just had to cancel you know then the grounds with all the rain the grounds we lost two different grounds because they were too wet to drive onto you know so we did have a pretty hard start to the year this year then it seemed almost overnight to go to that heat wave and then when it's too hot the people aren't interested in sitting inside a tent so that really was bad for business as well the world cup when there's 24 million people watching england play a football match you just can't compete with that you know so we've had a lot against us this year um i just hope the the end of the year they're saying it's going to be quite a mild autumn this year so that will be really helpful for us but yeah it's uh, what i'm saying is it can be a hard life you know we've had grounds where we're trying to move off on a sunday night all the lorries 
are bogged down we're winching them all off it can take all night to get the stuff off of the field you know it's it can be very difficult but it can be a lot of fun as well exactly swings and roundabouts there's there's the glamour side if you like but there's certainly the unglamorous side if you're winching trucks off of a a boggy field yeah but you you say it becomes a family essentially does those those hard moments like the winter you talk about does that always bring you all closer yeah i mean you start the year and a group of people from we've got people from romania moldova spain italy the uk hungary you know you're kind of all thrown together um and it's yeah it's not like a job where you you go to work then you go home you're working you're living together as well um there are ups and downs because you're living so closely together you know there are people fall out they make up again the next day you know you're, you're living life all together in a in a little bubble really a circus bubble and uh it is intense but yeah you do you do come together it's a very strong team ethic um people sort of say oh how long does it take to put the tent up and it takes three or four hours but everyone has their own especially by now we've been doing it since february so it's like clockwork really everyone knows their different jobs and if someone is missing for whatever reason if they're ill or something happens everyone notices if that one person isn't there because you will have to sort of compensate but uh, yeah it's a very closely knit team Mm-hmm. And referring back to the, the glamour side, if you like, or the, the positives of the job, and I, I think I read before coming down here that the Popolinos, for example, um, they're award-winning duo of clowns because I think I'm right in saying that they got the best circus comedy act at the Circus Friends Association Awards two times I think well, you've won that I hate to bring it up but bring as it you up. insist we'll bring it up it's things like that getting recognition like that and even just the recognition from whoever is in the audience on that particular night does that just make all of this this lifestyle all totally worth oh, it oh absolutely absolutely yeah I mean when you there there are nights when you don't feel like doing a show you know you're doing nine or ten shows a week and sometimes you think oh I'm tired oh I've had a bad day I've got to put my makeup on now do I have to it's like anyone would feel heavy it's oh I've got to go to work now but if you've got a good audience it can really lift your spirits and you know sometimes on Saturday we have three shows and everyone's a bit like oh three shows to get through but you have to remember that while we've done that show hundreds of times for the children in the audience that's their one and only time and they've probably been really excited to come and see us and so you have to try and treat it like it's the first time for you as well and I remember on on Saturday we had three shows and by the third show I was flagging a little bit. I've been, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, I've been struggling with a cold as well. And then uh, the third show, the audience were just wonderful. They were loving every moment and it just puts you on cloud nine and it does carry you through. And then we get lovely Facebook comments and emails to the show and... I always respond to all the emails because they come to me personally and I say thank you so much for taking the time to get in touch because, you know, people are very quick to complain but it takes a lot for someone to think I'm going to write an email to tell that circus I enjoyed it and we appreciate that so much and it does make all the hard work worthwhile, it really does. Exactly, and we're sitting here in the the field in Billericay, obviously. Um, What is it about places like this where you keep coming back 
Is there something special each time you come back now? Because I think you said it's the seventh year. Seven years in Billericay. Yeah. I know it's amazing. Um, yeah, Billericay is one of our favourite venues. Uh, we've come here every year. We seem to know so many people here. And we have other towns that we visit every year, but not to the extent of Billericay with, for knowing people and for the just the interaction with the community and it's quite incredible i think it just must be something about billericay or essex the people are so friendly they like to be entertained they love the circus they're maybe they're they're very loyal they you know we have people that come every year to see us without fail and you know i i probably won't be able to picture them now but i'll see faces in that audience on thursday night and i'll think oh yes i remember you and it, it's such a nice feeling when you do get the regular people coming back um i went into um great am i allowed to say greg's i went into greg's earlier and a lady in there said oh hello it's mr poppadom and i was like it's mr popple and uh, that's what k-cole calls me sometimes to annoy me but i was so pleased that she you know and she saw me without makeup and she recognized me you know and it's just fabulous you know we love all that we really do so yeah i mean i go and it's billericay is great because we're on sun corner at the end of the high street i can just pop over the road and you're in the center of things and there's not many sites that we are so close to the town it's just fabulous and uh, yeah i go down the street and i just know so many people now in the different shops and the cafes and it, it's just fabulous i'll go over the road to post a letter and i'll be gone an hour and Kay call i say where on earth have you been and i say oh well i bumped into irene in the barbers then i saw so and so and then i went for you know it, you know it's just fabulous though it's like being at home i think i know more people in billericay than when i do go home because i'm never there <laughs> exactly I mean, there's one thing we can say about essex people because they do love to be entertained <laughs> <laughs> we can always vouch for that. Um, and home is, I think, down Portsmouth Way, you were saying. Well, before. the circus mm-hmm. is based in a little village called Wickham in Hampshire, which is near Portsmouth. Uh, we go, we're there in the winter um, preparing everything for the new, for because we do a brand new show every year. So we'll arrive back in November, but we're booking new acts, uh, designing new posters, programs, leaflets. Uh, K. Cole is out and about booking sites we do a lot of our regular sites but we're always looking for new venues as well the paperwork for the councils is unbelievable that's my department i'm in the office because i don't think we've mentioned that Cole and i run the show as well as doing the the clowning no, yeah we've alluded to it but of course yeah there's, there's so we are by well. day we are uh company directors and by night we put our makeup on so it's kind of a crazy life doing the two roles but yeah so the winter time everyone says oh what on earth do you do all winter um but yeah we are pretty busy i'm it's in the, the office the admin, the admin <laughs> yeah. side and then it's all the maintenance painting fixing you know all the lorries have to be mot'd and all the equipment painted and cleaned and it just goes on forever cleaning and the, the new costumes new lights and music and putting the new show together exactly and i suppose lastly before we wrap up if anyone wants to come down and see Circus Wonderland, when are you when are you available? When can people come down and actually see you guys perform? We are here on Sun Corner until Sunday the 7th of October for three weeks this year, longer than ever. We, that's how much we love Villa Ricky. We don't go anywhere else for three weeks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are open for three weeks from Thursday to Sunday of the, each of the three weeks. We're not open at the beginning of the week, but Thursday to Sunday. 
two shows Thursday, Friday, three shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. Uh, it's all on our website, circuswonderland.com. Uh, and yeah, we are so happy to be back. It's a brand new show. Obviously, well, I've told you about our plate smashing extravaganza. I've probably given a bit too much away about that. <laughs> but you'll still be amused to see Kegel throwing plates at my head. But uh, yeah, so there's lots of comedy. and then But the rest of the show is a whole new lineup. We have um, roller skaters, bungee jumping acrobats, an amazing juggler from Spain. We have something for all the family. Exactly. And final question. If someone listening to this was thinking about running away and joining the circus, should they? I would love anyone to come and run away with Circus Wonderland. It would be really helpful if you had an HGV lorry driving license. <laughs> We're always looking for drivers. <laughs> and if you can do a bit on the trapeze as well, that's a bonus. That's always a bonus. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Paul, thank you so much for inviting pleasure. me down here and, <laughs> of course, telling us about your life, which is, I'm just fair to say, one of the more unique stories we've had on this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you very that. much. And... Did I tell you my dream when this all finishes? I want to live in Billericay. I'm going to buy a house here. And then Mr. Popple can be a full time <laughs> resident. Never get away from me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Follow Essex Live on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram, or go to our website. EssexLive.news. <laughs>